Welcome to Bar North Dope. This is episode 87, April 1st, 2018. Your host, Mid Toka. Thank you all for listening. With the recent activity of Steep Hill, Alaska losing their address for business location due to Wells Fargo calling in the note, maybe feeling a little pressure from federal banking laws. Jeffrey Sessions' memo put a halt to all guidance memos prior to that. So today, we're going to look at the timeline of federal cannabis memos to the states, then look at what's happening in our own state with the state house and state senate, Lisa Murkowski. Then Misha, Misha, and I are going to test out some funny farm BB35. Make sure you stay tuned to the end of this. Misha used that smoke proper, rolls up a beautiful finger joint. We really enjoyed it. What an aroma that has. And a 35-day flower. Mr. Fears, I think you got something there. But first, let's talk history. documents where the United States government is talking to the state's attorneys and deciding how they're going to deal with this legal cannabis issue starts out with this Ogden memo. October 19th, 2009. From David Ogden, Deputy Attorney General. The subject, investigations and prosecutions in states authorizing the medical use of marijuana. Okay, we got a problem here. States are starting to legalize medical marijuana And what are the feds going to do? How do we deal with this? So Ogden sends out this memorandum to all the state's attorneys saying, this is how we're going to do it. The Department of Justice is committed to the enforcement of the Controlled Substance Act. But they've realized there's only certain resources. Are we going to go after people with cancer? No. This is the first time that you see this beginning setup of these coal memo points. Ogden says we're not going to go after people as long as these things aren't happening. Unlawful possession or unlawful use of firearms, violence, sales to minors, financial and marketing activities inconsistent with the terms, conditions, or purposes of state law, evidence of money laundering, financial gains or excessive amounts of cash inconsistent with purported compliance with state or local law. Then we have amounts of marijuana inconsistent, the illegal possession and sale and ties to criminal enterprises. The very end of the Ogden memo. Nothing herein precludes investigation or prosecution where there is a reasonable basis to believe that compliance with the state law is being invoked as a pretext for the production of distribution of marijuana for purposes not authorized by state law. So, basically saying, even though we said all this, we can still come in and prosecute. Okay? 2009. Now we have Cole come onto the scene. New Deputy Attorney General. Two years later, 2011, sends out another memo. Guidance regarding the Ogden memo. Okay, so let's just clarify what Ogden says. Over the last several months, some of you had requested the department's assistance in responding to inquiries from state and local governments seeking guidance about the department's position on enforcement of the CSA, Controlled Substance Act. Okay, so how do we deal with this? The states are starting to ask 
what are we going to do? Again, the DOJ is committed to the enforcement of the Controlled Substance Act. Congress has determined that marijuana is a dangerous drug and that the illegal distribution and sale of marijuana is a serious crime that provides a significant source of revenue to large-scale criminal enterprises, gangs, and cartels. The Ogden Memo provides guidance to you in deploying your resources to enforce the Controlled Substance Act. As part of the exercise of broad discretion, you are given to address federal criminal matters within your districts. So it says, federal government still says marijuana is bad, but we only have a certain amount of resources. Ogden Memo set out guidelines that you're to follow. But a number of states have enacted some form of legislation relating to the medical use of marijuana. Ogden Memo reiterates that prosecution of significant traffickers of illegal drugs, including marijuana, remains a core priority, but advised that it is not likely that it's an efficient use of these funds. Sets up caregivers. Individuals providing care to individuals with cancer or other serious illnesses, not commercial operations cultivating, selling, or distributing marijuana. The department's view of the efficient use of limited federal resources articulated in the Ogden Memo has not changed. There has, however, been an increase in the scope of commercial cultivation, sale, distribution, and use of marijuana for purported medical purposes. For example, within the past 12 months, several jurisdictions have considered or enacted legislation to authorize multiple large-scale, privately operated industrial marijuana cultivation centers. Some of these planned facilities have revenue projections of millions of dollars based on the planned cultivation of tens of thousands of cannabis plants. Ogden says, we understand that there's medical cannabis going on. We're not going to fight people with cancer, other diseases. Cole comes in and says, okay, we're still not going to do that, but we noticed there's some large-scale operations being built up. This is going well beyond what we had intended. Caregivers. People can grow it themselves. People aren't supposed to be making money out of it, but all right. They're saying the Ogden Memo is not intended to shield these giant entities from federal enforcement. Even though they're complying with state law. But we still don't have the money. Consistent with the resource constraints and the discretion you may exercise in your district, people are still subject to federal enforcement action, including potential prosecution. State laws or local ordinances are not a defense to civil or criminal enforcement of federal law with respect to such content, including enforcement of the Controlled Substance Act. Those who engage in transactions involving the proceeds of such activity may also be in violation of federal money laundering statutes and other financial laws. The Department of Justice is tasked with enforcing existing federal criminal laws in all states, and enforcement of the CSA has long been and remains a core priority. Okay, first two steps. Ogden Memo. Marijuana is there. We accept it. We're not going to go after those people. Cole comes along two years later and says, I still agree with the Ogden, but large-scale operations are coming on. You guys got to control this. There's a lot of money being made by few people. Two years later, Cole brings in the famous Cole Memo, 2013, Guidance Regarding Marijuana Enforcement. He's going to clear some things up, right? Every two years. In 2009 and 2011, the department issued guidance to federal prosecutors concerning marijuana enforcement under the Controlled Substance Act. This memo updates that guidance in light of state ballot initiatives. 
that legalize under state law the possession of small amounts of marijuana and provide for the regulation of marijuana production, processing, and sale. Ogden, medical marijuana. First coal. Marijuana is okay, but big operations are starting to come on. Big coal memo, 2013. We're going to set up some guidelines now. Big marijuana is coming in. States are legalizing rec. We got to get a handle of this. As the department noted in its previous guidance, Congress has determined that marijuana is a dangerous drug and that the illegal distribution and sale of marijuana is a serious crime that provides a significant source of revenue to large-scale criminal enterprises, gangs, and cartels. The Department of Justice is committed to enforcement of the CSA consistent with those determinations. The department is also committed to using its limited investigative and prosecutory resources to address the most significant threats in the most effective, consistent, and rational way. In furtherance of those objectives, as several states enacted laws relating to the use of marijuana for medical purposes, the department in recent years has focused its efforts on certain enforcement priorities that are particularly important to the federal government. Here we go. This is what sets up the protection for states. States feel protected when they hear these things. As long as we're doing this, the feds aren't going to come in. So what do the feds say we need to do? We need to prevent the distribution of marijuana to minors. All right. We need to prevent revenue from the sale of marijuana from going to criminal enterprises, gangs, and cartels. We need to prevent the diversion of marijuana from states where it is legal under state law in some form to other states. We need to prevent state-authorized marijuana activity from being used as a cover or pretext for the trafficking of other illegal drugs or other illegal activity. We need to prevent violence and the use of firearms in the cultivation and distribution of marijuana. We need to prevent drug driving and the exacerbation of other adverse public health consequences associated with marijuana use. Prevent the growing of marijuana on public lands and the intended public safety and environmental dangers posed by marijuana production on public lands and prevent marijuana possession or use on federal property. Has Alaska done well with these? These priorities will continue to guide the department's enforcement of the CSA against marijuana-related conduct. Thus, this memo serves as guidance to the department attorneys and law enforcement to focus their enforcement resources and efforts, including prosecution on persons or organizations whose conduct interferes with any one or more of these priorities, regardless of state law. Outside of these enforcement priorities, the federal government has traditionally relied on states and local law enforcement agencies to address marijuana activity through enforcement of their own narcotic laws. So they're going to leave it up to local. Feds are only going to step in if those points are broken. Now they say, legal cannabis coming on board, you need to make sure that you have some serious regulations set up. You need to control cultivation, distribution, sale, possession, conduct. We don't want any of those points to be threatened. Is Alaska doing a good job? Okay, after all that, as with the department's previous statements on the subject, this memo is intended solely as a guide to the exercise of investigative and prosecutory discretion. This memo does not alter in any way the department's authority to enforce federal law, including federal laws relating to marijuana, regardless of state law. Neither the guidance herein nor any state or local law provides a legal defense to a violation of federal law. 
including any civil or criminal violation of the CSA. Even in jurisdictions with strong and effective regulatory systems, evidence that particular conduct threatens federal priorities will subject that person or entity to federal enforcement action based on the circumstances. This memo is not intended to, does not, and may not be relied upon to create any rights, substantive or procedural, enforceable at law by any party in any matter, civil or criminal. Finally, nothing herein precludes investigation or prosecution, even in the absence of any one of the factors listed above, in particular circumstances where investigation and prosecution otherwise serves as important federal interest. <sighs> Let's review. Ogden, marijuana's coming in, we're not going to bother you. First coal, okay, we're not going to bother marijuana, but uh, industry is ramping up a little bit. This is more than we had anticipated. Second coal, the one that is called the coal memo, sets up the priorities of the federal government. If you break any of these, doesn't matter what your state says, we're coming after you. And by the way, all this is just guidance. We can come in anyway. Next six, seven, eight months later, into 2014, February. Here's our banking. Memo for all United States attorneys. From Cole again, guidance regarding marijuana-related financial crimes. He goes back saying, in 2013, the department issued guidance, the Cole Memo, to federal prosecutors concerning marijuana enforcement under the CSA. He talks about what those eight priorities are. Prevent distribution to minors, prevent revenue criminals, diversion, cover for pretext of trafficking, violence, guns, drug driving, public lands. So we've got legal marijuana going now. What are banks supposed to do? Okay. This memo says the provisions of the money laundering statutes the Unlicensed Money Remitter Statute and the Bank Secrecy Act remain in effect with respect to marijuana-related conduct. Financial transactions involving proceeds generated by marijuana-related conduct can form the basis for prosecution under the Money Laundering Statutes, the Licensed Money Transmitter Statute, and the Bank Secrecy Act. It's a criminal offense to engage in certain financial and monetary transactions with the proceeds of a specified unlawful activity, including proceeds from marijuana-related violations of the Controlled Substance Act. You can be prosecuted. Additionally, financial institutions that conduct transactions with money generated by marijuana-related conduct could face criminal liability. They fail to identify or report financial transactions that involve the proceeds of marijuana-related violations. Notably, for these purposes, prosecution under these offenses based on transactions involving marijuana proceeds does not require an underlying marijuana-related conviction under federal or state law. Again, we're committed to using the resources properly. We're not going to go after cancer patients. And we need to make sure we use resources properly. The Cole Memo sets up this expectation that states have enacted laws authorizing marijuana-related conduct clear, strong, and effective regulatory enforcement systems so that you limit the chance that those eight points will be affected. Financial institutions and individuals choosing to service marijuana-related businesses that are not compliant with such state regulatory enforcement systems or that operate in states lacking a clear and robust regulatory scheme are more likely to risk entanglement with conduct that implicates the eight federal enforcement priorities. 
In addition, because financial institutions are in a position to facilitate transactions by marijuana-related businesses that could implicate one or more of the priority factors, financial institutions must continue to apply appropriate risk-based anti-money laundering policies, procedures, and controls sufficient to address the risks posed by these customers, including by conducting customer due diligence designed to identify conduct that relates to any of the eight priority factors. What's all this mean? Banks need to make sure their people, people they're doing business with, are not breaking any of those eight points. Prosecutors should continue to review marijuana-related prosecutions on a case-by-case basis and weigh all available information and evidence in determining whether a particular conduct falls within the identified priorities. Follow the guidelines again. Again, with all previous statements, this is just a guide to exercise an investigative and prosecutory discretion. This memo does not alter in any way the department's authority to enforce federal law, including federal laws relating to marijuana regardless of state law. It's not going to give you any defense. So they say all these things. Banks, you need to make sure that the people that you're dealing with are not breaking any of these V8 coal memos. But again, it doesn't matter because we can come in anytime we want anyway. There's another memo, the Wilkinson memo, that comes out. How are we going to deal with cannabis on Native American land reservations. That was to be left alone. But January 4th, 2018, all these memos that have set up a relationship between states and the federal government goes away with the Sessions memo. January 4th, 2018, from Jefferson B. Sessions, Attorney General, subject, Marijuana Enforcement. In the Controlled Substance Act, Congress has generally prohibited the cultivation, distribution, and possession of marijuana. It has established significant penalties for these crimes. These activities also may serve as the basis for the prosecution of other crimes, such as those prohibited by the money laundering statutes, the unlicensed money transmitter statute, and the Bank Secrecy Act. These statutes reflect Congress's determination that marijuana is a dangerous drug and that marijuana activity is a serious crime. In deciding which marijuana activities to prosecute under these laws with the department's finite resources, prosecutors should follow the well-established principles that govern all federal prosecutions. Attorney General Benjamin Civiletti originally set forth these principles in 1980, and they have been refined over time, as reflected in the following chapters of Attorney's Manual. These principles require federal prosecutors deciding which cases to prosecute to weigh all the relevant considerations, including federal law enforcement priorities set by the Attorney General, the seriousness of the crime, the deterrent effect of criminal prosecution, and the cumulative impact of particular crimes on the community. Given the Department's well-established general principles, previous nationwide guidance specific to marijuana enforcement is unnecessary and is rescinded effective immediately. Ogden, both Coles, Wilkinson, banking. This memo is intended solely as a guide to the exercise of investigative and prosecutory discretion in accordance with all applicable laws, regulations, and appropriations. It is not intended to 
does not and may not be re relied upon to create any right, substantive or procedural, enforceable at law by any party in any matter, civil or criminal. Sessions destroyed all previous memos with that. Everything we just talked about, gone. Back to 1980. <laughs> about two weeks later, January 16th, 2018, bipartisan group of state attorneys general who recognize that the states and federal government share a strong interest in protecting public safety and bringing gray market activities into the regulated banking sector. To address these goals, we urge Congress to advance legislation that would allow states that have legalized medical or recreational use of marijuana to bring that commerce into the banking system. 29 states and several U.S. territories have legalized the medical use of marijuana. Among those, eight states and the District of Columbia also allow recreational use by adults over 21 years of age. However, because the federal government classifies marijuana as an illegal substance, banks providing services to state-licensed cannabis businesses could find themselves subject to criminal and civil liability under the Controlled Substance Act and certain federal banking statutes. This risk has significantly inhibited the willingness of financial institutions to provide services to these businesses. Despite the contradictions between federal and state law, the marijuana industry continues to grow rapidly. Industry analysts report that sales grew by 30% to $6.7 billion in 2016 and expect those totals to exceed $20 billion by 2021. Yet those revenues often exist outside of the regulated banking space. Businesses are forced to operate on a cash basis. The gray market makes it more difficult to track revenues for taxation purposes contributes to a public safety threat as cash-intensive businesses are often targets for criminal activity and prevents proper tracking of large swaths of finances across the nation. To address these challenges, we are requesting legislation that would provide a safe harbor for depository institutions that provide a financial product or service to cover business in a state that has implemented laws and regulations that ensure accountability in the marijuana industry, such as the Safe Banking Act or similar legislation. This would bring billions of dollars into the banking sector and give law enforcement the ability to monitor these transactions. Moreover, compliance with tax requirements would be simpler and easier to enforce with better defined tracking of funds. This would in turn result in higher tax revenue. Prior Department of Justice guidance outlined how financial institutions could provide services to state licensed marijuana businesses consistent with their obligations under federal law and created some space for the banking industry to work with those businesses though challenges remained in many areas. The recent rescission of that guidance has made the need for congressional action to get the cash generated by this industry into a regulated banking sector even more urgent. Our banking system must be flexible enough to address the needs of businesses in the various states with state input, while protecting the interests of the federal government. This includes a banking system for marijuana-related businesses that is both responsive and effective in meeting the demands of our economy. We look forward to working with you as you move forward in this process and lending our voice and expertise as you develop legislation. So that's federally. What's happening in Alaska? Well, we know what just happened last week with Steep Hill, Alaska. Let's read their post. March 29th, Steep Hill, Alaska. Words cannot express our anger and frustration at this turn of events. We are sorry to announce that Steep Hill, Alaska will be suspending cannabis testing operations on March 31st, 2018. We have to relocate because Wells Fargo called in the loan on our building. They will foreclose if we do not move out. 
just because we are a cannabis business. We are looking for a new home and would be interested to hear of any potential locations. We are grateful to have served the Alaskan cannabis community for the past year. Thank you for all your support. We will be back. Over the weekend, they're closed. They are leasing from the from an owner of this property. Wells Fargo called the loan. If you do not evict them or pay the loan, they've got to go. We're going to foreclose. Steep Hill's leaving. They said this has been going on for months. So this isn't something that just happened. Remember, all those previous guidelines, they gave the responsibility to the banks. Are all these points of the Cole Memo being followed? Did Wells Fargo see something that was happening? Or did they just find out? I find it hard to believe they just found out. Recently, both, both testing companies are being investigated for discrepancies in testing results. Could this be a factor? We don't know. This is just happening. We have to assume that maybe it's just due diligence on the part of Wells Fargo. They finally found out their property was being rented to one of two at the time cannabis testing companies in the state. The same time Lisa Murkowski is pushing to the federal government safe banking. Daily News Miner, March 15th, 2018. Murkowski backs bill cannabis industry could bank on. Aaron Granger. Alaska Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski and a bipartisan group of senators are pushing legislation that would allow legal marijuana business to use banks to store profits, something previously not allowed because according to federal law, marijuana is still a controlled substance. Because of that, many banks refuse to do business with marijuana growers, processors, and sellers, even in states such as Alaska where substance is illegal. While there are financial institutions which will bank marijuana-related businesses, many are uncertain about the state of the law, Murkowski told the news miner. The Safe Banking Act is intended to resolve these uncertainties, not only for the benefit of the marijuana businesses, but also for the states that regulate them. The Secure and Fair Enforcement Safe Banking Act, a larger bill regarding federal banking restrictions, was introduced by Senator Jeff Merkley from Oregon in May 2017. The bill includes a measure introduced by Murkowski and Merkley that would keep federal officials from being able to punish banks simply because the depository institution provides or has provided financial services to a cannabis-related legitimate business. Murkowski said that allowing these marijuana businesses to set up bank accounts could help states manage the businesses better. States that have moved to legalize marijuana did so with the understanding that markets would be well-regulated and transparent. Murkowski said in a statement. Uncertainties over whether marijuana businesses have access to the banking system undermines the effectiveness of state regulatory regimes, making it impossible for regulators to distinguish between those businesses that are operating within the law and those that are not. Murkowski said other officials have expressed similar views. That is why a number of attorney generals, including Alaska's, believe that it is urgent for Congress to clarify that marijuana and marijuana-related businesses that operate legally under state law can deposit their receipts in the bank, just as other lawful businesses do, Murkowski said in a statement. This is not the first time Murkowski has participated in the federal marijuana conversation. In January, Murkowski spoke out in favor of states' rights after U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions rescinded the Cole Memo. 
put in place by former President Barack Obama to ease federal prosecutions of state-compliant cannabis businesses. The legislation, currently being discussed by Senate Committee, could prove to be a welcome change for Alaska's cannabis industry. If that passes, it's going to be a huge deal for us, said Lennon Lau, bookkeeper at Good AK Cannabis in Fairbanks. It's going to lower a lot of expenses for us if we no longer have to hand deliver cash to different locations. Lau said moving money for a business gets complicated because banks won't handle the cash. Employees must move large sums of money between Fairbanks and other locations such as Anchorage. Said the hopes bill continues to move forward. It's definitely an encouraging thing and we're really hoping it gains more support in the Senate and is voted through by both bodies, Lau said. This could be not only a huge game changer for us, but for the entire industry. It's good to hear Lennon in there talking. He's my man over there. Good. Really liking that guy. Farnar Thoker's in the house. The Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act. I hope it comes for all of us, but it might, it's going to be too late for Steve Hill, Alaska. We also have to remember the chair of the CCB right after the Sessions memo comes down. Drops out of Alaska. Says he can't be involved anymore. There's a lot of moving pieces here. State's attorneys going to the federal government said we need the Safe Banking Act. One of our senators, haven't heard from Dan Sullivan yet, Lisa Murkowski, pushing it as well. Safe Banking Act. At the state level, our state house, Representative Guttenberg, HJR 21, is moving along very well. Feds respect state regulation of marijuana. HJR 21 urges the federal government to respect and not intervene in Alaska's current marijuana policy. Doing so would be unnecessary federal overreach. President Trump stated on his campaign trail that legalization should be left to the states. Mr. Spicer recently said that despite President Trump's support of medical marijuana, there is a big difference between that and recreational marijuana, and he believed the public would see greater enforcement of federal marijuana laws. There should not be a difference between recognizing the state-implemented medical marijuana laws and recognizing the state-implemented recreational marijuana laws. Both laws were implemented in accordance with the will of our citizens, established robust regulatory structures prioritizing public health and safety, reduced unnecessary incarceration, and expanded our economies. Overhauling the coal memo and the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network will produce harmful, unintended social and economic consequences. Hurting the regulated market moves existing marijuana activity to the black market. This will increase dangerous activity in our state and get rid of a tax revenue source. It also diverts the Department of Justice's resources away from its current marijuana enforcement priorities of preventing distribution of minors, criminal enterprises, diversion of marijuana from states to where it's legal to states where it's not. It is not in Alaska's, the federal government's, or the people's best interest to interfere with the current state regulation of marijuana, which is why I ask you to join me in supporting the preservation of Alaska's current marijuana policy. Thank you, Representative Guttenberg. That's moving along past this week, April 5th, April 4th. There's going to be testimony about that. There's a hearing on that. Very good. That's supposed to be presented to the Senate side. And our good friends, Pete Kelly and John Coghill, are not letting that happen. Just not even letting. It comes up and destroyed. Our senators are pushing nonsense. Coming in from the midnight sun. Senate Republicans promise Gardner they'll give her a pro-pot resolution, but do the exact opposite. On February 12th, Senator... Gardner brought forward a sense of the Senate, asking her colleagues to join her in calling Attorney General Jeff Sessions' recent actions on marijuana unacceptable federal overreach that infringed on the will of Alaskan voters to legalize the industry in 2014. 
It sounds an awful like Art H. J.R. 21. The motion was tabled by the Republican-led Senate majority where it sat until the Wednesday floor session when Senate President Pete Kelly brought it back just so it could be tabled once again. Thank you, Pete Kelly. Gardner's concerns, he said, would be fixed with the new resolution that had just been introduced. The resolution falls so laughably short of the message that Gardner hoped to send to the feds, which she'd introduced back in February in order to give the U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski and Dan Sullivan during their addresses. Gardner's motion would have set the Senate against Sessions' decision to revoke the Obama-era Cole memo that allowed states that illegalize marijuana freedom from federal prosecution. It stated, The Senate believes the decision is federal overreach that infringes upon state rights, violates the will of Alaskan voters, and damages a promising young Alaskan industry. Instead, she gets Senate Joint Resolution 15, authored by the Senate Judiciary Committee, chaired by Senator John Coghill of North Pole which seems to actually support Sessions' decision. Coghill said the Cole memo contained a lot of debatable issues. If we're going to stand up for states' rights, we need to do it on the law and not on a memo. Kelly's version of keeping his word to Gardner is a resolution that begins by calling the Cole memo an example of when the rule of law has been neglected or undermined in ways that directly affect the state and calls for the firing of federal officials who don't follow the law. Much of the resolution returns to the GOP's anti-legalization argument that because marijuana is legal on a federal level, the feds were wrong in giving states like Alaska any leeway in the decision. The closest the resolution comes to saying anything positive about Alaskans voting in favor of legalizing marijuana is, though the federal law is clear, the marijuana industry in the state has blossomed because of reliance on the coal memo by private parties and the societal effect of the reliance is still unknown. <laughs> Guys. What is going on in the Senate? What are you guys doing? Senate Joint Resolution 15, introduced March 7th. Urging federal government employees to follow lawful acts of the United States Congress. Urging the federal government to terminate federal agency employees who fail to follow the law. Be it resolved by the legislature of the state of Alaska. Whereas far too often the rule of law has been neglected or undermined in ways that directly affect the state, including by actions of federal government officials in the instances of the issuance by then Deputy Attorney General James Cole of a memorandum, guidance regarding marijuana enforcement. Cole drafted a document known as the Cole Memo that issued guidance to federal prosecutors concerning marijuana enforcement despite federal marijuana prohibition. Whereas during the Obama administration, the Cole Memo had the full force and effect of law in some states seeking potentially lucrative marijuana revenue relied on the Cole Memo to avoid federal marijuana prohibition enforcement. Whereas the Cole Memo was issued without action from the United States Congress to change federal marijuana laws and without changes to federal regulations which are subject to the requirements of the Administration Procedure Act that provide for public notice and a comment period. Whereas Jeff Sessions issued a memo on prohibition on improper guidance documents that effectively revoked the Cole Memo and specifically stated the United States Department of Justice has the duty to uphold the laws of the United States and to ensure the fair and impartial administration of justice. Whereas Attorney General Sessions stated that the federal government must abide by constitutional principles and follow the rules imposed by Congress and the President, which include the fundamental requirement that agencies regulate only within the authority delegated to them by Congress. Whereas the practice by unelected federal agency employees of drafting and issuing guidance documents that have not been subject to public process is not lawful because the documents have been interpreted to have the same force and effect of law and effectively bind private parties. 
Whereas, although the federal law is clear, the marijuana industry in the state has blossomed because of reliance on the coal memo by private parties and the societal effect of that reliance is still unknown. The Senate is full support of Sessions. The House has given us some support. Federal Senate, Senator Lisa Murkowski, giving support. I don't know what's going to happen. It's not good for Steep Hill, Alaska, though. That's for sure. We got some trouble coming. That's what I think. None of the guidance memos exist anymore. Banks are calling loans. People are dropping out of the CCB. I hope we're going up. Does not feel that way. Let's get over to Misha and I testing out some BB-35 Funny Farm. Lemon Lime. Lemon Lime. Grind this up and you smell it. Mm, this is what I'm looking for in cannabis. I love that smell. BB Blush Bush. 35, 35 day flower. What do you think? Let's see what Misha and I think. Because I know you didn't. Let's do official strain review. All right. Just for I've got. God, you can open it. First thing, I only have three numbers: one, two, or three. Okay. Just to keep it super simple, All and right. then not to nitpick over stuff. So, okay. just how does it look? This is not fair to Why? the strain because I don't have all my glasses. Oh, I got you. So let me go grab my glasses oh, out of the yeah. car, and yeah. then we'll get a better feel of the. Actual aesthetic of it. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, definitely. Thank you for being professional. <laughs> Sitting here with Misha, and we are viewing BB35 Funny Farm. All right. Okay. So. Sight. It's hairy. Not it's, a lot of le leaves that are on there are kind of extra long. Could probably get rid of them, but. I don't know. I wouldn't say that it would... I wouldn't classify it as a bad manicure job, though. Not that. You know what I'm okay. saying? I'm just looking down at the bottom of I that see it. stuff. But. Yeah, but that stuff, I'm betting you... Look how close it's holding on. I bet you that when this was wet and trimmed, that that was pretty tight onto that flower. Mm, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, not necessarily a bad trim job, even though I see the long leaf. And I say that, though, because of the way this is brought. You can tell how that's grown, right? Mm-hmm. This is actually some really pretty weed, which doesn't surprise me. It's nice and cured right. And yeah, it seems. How do you tell, wouldn't you say it's cured right? How how can you say that? Well, I don't know. Because over-dried weed, like if someone tries to force it, mm. it feels different. It like touches different. It, it does different, right. It doesn't have, like this has a structure. You feel it? That's, yeah, it feels like there's a, it's a piece of wood in there. There's a structure. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? And so, and so feeling it like that way and then... Look at it, the real fine hairs on it and touching them. They're not, you see how they still have a little bit of play and I'm losing. They're not just breaking off. Right. Now I'm, and I'm losing some, try some hash in here. It's beautiful. Mm. It's really not, when I'm touching it that way, right. you, you know, I wouldn't fondle everybody's weed, but if you're really wanting to know what the cultivator's what doing. doing, you know That's what I mean? Doing. And so, 
So the, so out of a on, one to three, is the one the, the one the good or the three the good? Three's good because it's kind Three's of like a scale good. up. Three's good. scaling up. So on appearance, this weed gets a three. And it's really light color, right? It is. I like the light color of it. And, and it's a nice orange hairs. It's light with or it's nice with orange in it, which is good. Sometimes you have that light with lime green, but this is light with orange, so I like that. Mm-hmm. You know. Did you get a good? Uh, whiff of it. Yeah, and it's got a nice aroma, but it's not loud. It's not danky. It's mm -mm. just good. It smells yeah, good. Not, um... I mean, it smells like I want to smoke it. Well, mm -hmm. and it helps that I know who these guys are. It's not them. Who is it? Oh, don't tell me then. I'm not. Good. Sorry. I I'm... love it. All right. Good. Good job. <laughs> I, well, it was the cleanest case I had. Uh-huh. So I wanted to put... It had the uh -huh. zero smell to it when I... Um... When you put it in there? Yeah. I, I, I collect these jars, too. In the bottom of my little basket, that's what all they're, they're all in these same drawers mm -hmm. that I've gotten from them and cleaned out. And I should take that off. That's what I've done, yeah. And I have rubber bands around the packaging, and I use color coded rubber bands because I'm crazy. So, like, I got purple rubber bands for my indica, white rubber bands for my hybrids, and makes sense. pink rubber bands for my sativas. And then that I kind of do the mix and match, like the leaners. I have maybe have a white and a red one on there. <laughs> So definitely erase your mind from that cultivator because now you know that it's not them. Well, okay, it's still done right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. it smells nice. It's still, it's still everything I said. It's just everything I said. Okay. It looks good. Uh, let's. Where are we I'm gonna grind it because you need to get that aroma better. And this is this is that good grinder. From good. Hmm. I and like my grinder from good. I is. Do you have one like this? Yeah, the exact same grinder. They did that special, and they were doing it, if you posted it on social media, for 15 bucks. Mm. And it's such a good heavy grinder for $15. It seems more of a travel one. I, I got that uh, Santa Cruz shredder. Whatever. Yeah, you do? I'm fixing to buy a Ganesh grinder. They make one that's gold. Or actually, it's rose gold. And I just kind of, I think it would be pretty. I'm <laughs> such a girl sometimes. <laughs> I, want a, I, want a, I want a girl grinder in my life. <laughs> Well, they probably have. They've got. You know, yeah, why not? Well, it's nice, heavy. It... Have you seen them? Mm -mm. I've seen the black one. I've used the black one. At, at good? We have one at Good about? Sense. No. Oh, this it's brand? Called, yeah, it's a brand. Ganesh. They make vapes, but they have their website sucks. Just FYI. <laughs> That's too bad. It sucked. Yeah, I've tried twice to buy a it's vape, and they've made it difficult for me. I always have a hard time getting this grinder to work right. Do you? Huh. Compared to my other one, it doesn't seem to go down. I haven't think, thought that I had a problem, but to be honest with you, because I have my little basket, I have like this little green one. That is my travel buddy. The good grinder actually is up in my... Oh, nice. So yeah, go ahead, smell that. It's still not loud. No, well, it depends on what. You, right, I and I think I think I understand what your loudness. Loud is like I, I I think about it as a girl because a lot of times I'm walking around with the weed I have on me in my pocketbook in my purse, mm. and if I open it to get out my wallet and the weed comes, the aroma is jumping out of my purse. That's loud weed. Yeah, I want to. And I don't want to put. I don't want to put that in my purse. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You need uh, something to hold it in. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean it's not great. This smells really good. It just Can you the find the smell before I tell you what it is? And once once you probably hear the words, then you just... Well, I don't know, man. But it doesn't mean that you don't smell it. It has that lemoning going on in there. And so... And it's weird because lemoning, sometimes 
lies to you in its taste. You know, it's in God's gift, but God's gift doesn't taste citrus. You know what I'm saying? It can lie. And, and so, and just in the aroma, I can recognize, hmm, actually, I think this has got a pretty in-depth terpene profile. Limonene, uh-huh. it didn't have as much as I thought it would because it's super lemon. But the it's a lemon lime. It's a lemon lime. Okay. All right, let's smoke some. Let's roll. Let's roll Are up. you a good roller? I am a good roller. Are you a good roller? Decent, but let's here. Do you want, want to see if I'm a buddy. good roller? <laughs> no, no, no. I want you to experience the smoke, buddy. Okay. It's really cool. I know. Okay, how's this work? So. Pop top, not the green, because the green has got like a little. But can are you good at putting filters in? Yeah, crutches and stuff. Yeah, is that what's in there? There's a little filter in the top. Check it out. I had some roaches in there earlier, so it's kind of ugly in there. No, no worries, no worries. Okay. No. Then the next layer. Which way? way? I think something like that. No, no. It's just like a. Here. I don't think it's a screw. Is it just a? I don't have enough strength in my fingers. Okay. To it. make it happen right this second. Cool. Okay. Oh, check this out. Not what I expected. Oh, look at this. <gasps> Hello there. Okay. Is it gummed at all? It is. It's gummed here. Yeah, it's like a, it's a 20 foot roll. Holy smokers. And that's how you roll those little minis. Or whatever. Yeah, whatever you want. It's, it's a little, um, thin. It's like a one and three quarters. All right. How do you roll it out? Do you pull it? something. Oh, you know, you look like you advance it. Reward feature. Nice. Do you need something rolled on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, did you feel... Okay, yeah. So, you can just unscrew it and then tighten it to get a... And then it's it's going to the tear there. Okay, wait, let me get a little more. This is very cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, some other po- uh, podcast... Off-color discussions. Off-color discussions. I like that. (laughs) This is one of their sponsors, and they said, hey, I think Midtoker's audience might like that. Okay, let me say, first off, this has been very easy. Once you help me get it open, and my hand's just sore, and now that I'm liking that, it'll work. Lella. Hmm, Maybe that might be better. Okay, let me, yeah, let me just, look, this is going to work out fine. So this is BB35. BB35. Where'd you pick this up at? Funny Farm. Okay. Sean Fears. Sean Fears. Sean Fears, man, he's got some nice little pictures out. This is um 35 day. Really? Flower. <laughs> Everyone's wanna... trying to get them fast, huh? Yes, everyone's trying to get them fast. Exactly. Everybody wants something that produces quickly because they want to rotate it and get it up and out and sell it. The money's right. in the flower. You can get so many more. Uh, when you and get it, that many more, what's the word? Crops. And yeah, well, and a lot of people, it's crazy at the store. They're like, no, I saw the picture. It should be. And I'm like, dude, you saw pictures on stamps. That shit's got to dry. And it's process, people. It was a process. <laughs> but the reality is, the shorter the process, the quicker the money moves. 
So I think everybody's right. trying to think that way. Whoa, good save on the peeper. Hey, don't laugh at me. Are you laughing? No, no, no. I'm just, sure you are. No, I'm just no, picking no, no. at you. Come on, come out, come out. Look at that. I know, so it's sticking together. That's a good That's sign. That's a nice right? stick to it, sure So is. we've grinded it, and it's hard to fall out of the... It stuck to the grinder. Right. It wanted to. But I didn't dump it and, like, hit it on the thing. I'm rolling in a particularly precarious way. Well, it stops it. There's nothing to hold it on to. No, but I'm going to make this happen. It's going to be a pretty decent joy, too, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I got some basic joints. Nice to skills. be able to um, just roll however long you want to. Yeah. Uh oh. Got a little little spillage. Not much. And I love marijuana, cigarettes, joints, blunts, splits. These are some good things. I spent a lot of years where it was illegal and I was treating my medical issues with marijuana. And so I always rolled joints because that way I wouldn't have paraphernalia on me. Oh, you just throw it away or... Eat it eat. or whatever, yeah. yeah. You know, because it'll decarb as you smoke that thing. When it gets small, it's pretty decarb. You can get high eating roaches. Really? <laughs> yeah, you can. Uh-oh. I mean, I don't think I'm tight enough. But I think I'm pretty good. Not too bad for a... Put your joints at the vape net... The, the joint network. Yeah. The Alaska joint network. I need something to push in here, but that's not too bad. For no, I was having a really hard time getting the, the crutch in there. I just did that. <laughs> I like some joints, personally. Oh, look, I got a pencil. Let me, here get, we, let me get this. Let me get this <laughs> pushed in right in a person. It's funny. I think a lot of people say they can roll joints, but it depends on who you're sitting with, whether or not your friend thinks you can roll a joint. <laughs> oh, definitely. Well, that might be the best you've ever seen. Well, I, you never know, right? I don't yeah. know. I've been rolling a long time. Like I said, I got a lot of practice. Well, just, depending on what circles you run in, That's you true. may have only seen a few. That's true. I have a friend who she picks on me and she says my joints are too thin. And I'm telling her that, you know, I smoke alone. She smokes with four people. Of course, she thinks my joints are thin. <laughs> Your environment trained you. <laughs> my environment trained me. That's right. Okay. Let me put this down. Do this a few times. Make sure I'm... I'm feeling pretty good about the smoking of it. And light it up. Or I no, rolled it. Okay. We got that little scrappage. There is a standard, um, oh. I think there's a standard rule, right? About what? You roll it, you light it? Kind of. I don't a think lot, it's a rule, but it just feels that way. A lot of people say that because it, usually if you roll it, it's your weed. And if you roll it's your weed, you get, you get to light it and you get to smoke it as much as you want. But I think if someone hands you a joint, you should light the joint. I don't care who rolled it. So I should have taken it right there and lit it? I think so. Well, give it back I think, to me then. I think it's like, yeah, I think it's, it's like when you to go know. to somebody's house. And they try and, to feed you? And they try to feed you and you just totally decline. Oh, because you're trying to, you're letting me experience the joint you just rolled. Right. I, get to I smoke that and... joint all the time. You're never smoking that. You know, no, you've never <laughs> done I don't know if you, right. when you'll smoke that again. So this is your time to check it. What I like about it is it's pretty straight the whole way through. Thanks. <laughs> Mine, a lot of times, got that <coughs> thick in the center and, uh -huh. you know, small. And I don't know if you would say that that length would be standard. I think there's a, the, whatever a regular standard paper is, that length in weed and then the crutch, right? Huh? The length of this joint we roll. It's wrong. longer. It's yeah, longer but I think this is the standard size. About that. Yeah, that makes sense. And then I, and then I took extra for the crutch. 
That makes sense. Yeah. You can just add it perfect. That's exactly what I did. Did you intend to do that? 100% when I pulled the paper. The smoke proper is pretty cool, huh? It's very cool. I'm not going to lie. I like that shit. I know. I could make it. I don't know that I could make it any longer, but I know that I could roll. If you were on a table, you could. Oh, heck yeah. But yeah, we're not on a table. (laughs) A free ball on it with a paper. (laughs) That's not a good word. (laughs) So it came out there. Cool, not dry. How's that? Good? Yeah. Lemon lime, huh? Way more lime. It's super present. It's like the uh, Otter Pops. Oh, that's a yes, that bright green Otter Pop. Yeah, like almost the manufactured lime, Mm -hmm. like the Mm -hmm. Mountain Dew almost. I don't drink Mountain Dew, but definitely like the popsicle, all that green popsicle artificial lime. Yeah, let's check it out. I can taste the whoa. Yeah. Taste the lemon on top. It almost tastes like key lime pie to me. There's a creaminess to it that's just sitting there in in the roof of my mouth. Mm. Man, well done. That's such a good taste. Creaminess? I don't know that I have a creaminess. just like wrapped my tongue is it the wax of the plant maybe yeah don't know that would make sense and not to be a shithead but I'm a chef cream has a very funny cream is a very dear thing to me Mm. and so I'm not getting cream but I'm getting something yes like the coating in your mouth that dairy product gives you yeah it's like thick the thickness of it right not the identifying taste of cream but the feel of that on your tongue is definitely... Oh, sorry, Misha. And then maybe I think I'm going with <coughs> that, just thinking of that key lime pie. And, and maybe, like key yeah. Key lime pie has to have creamy, but that's not really creamy. No. No. It's not really creamy. It's eggy. I know that sounded really weird. But French, I mean, French cooking-wise, there's a difference in the mouthfeel. You make custard with eggs, or you can make custard with milk and eggs. And the ones like curd, lemon curd, you don't make any, no milk in that, but it's creamy, right? I don't think I've ever had that. Oh, well, it's very much like this joint. <laughs> Perfect, then. If you like lemon you pie, you'll it. love it. <laughs> lemon curds? <coughs> yeah, it's a curd. It's like a custard without milk. It's just eggs, egg yolks and sugar and citrus juice. Mm, is it like a creme brulee, but like no. limey? No. Cream, cream, when you cook milk or cream, it makes a custard. It's a milk custard. And then you can make citrus juices with mm, egg I'm yolk still tasting that. Oh, into what is inside of a key lime pie. <laughs> custard is like pudding. What's in key lime pie is not really like pudding, is it? Because there's no milk. It's only egg. And that's what I'm trying to say is the distinguishing difference of that. And I think I got high. Of course, we started off somewhere. Yeah. But no, I agree. The effects are different. Yeah. And we're not too far into that joint. And definitely. I can taste it. And it still tasted all the joint. <coughs> yeah. And I like this. This is a very... Um, 
philosophical heady high. I love heady highs. Is this a sativa? I don't know. Hmm. I want to think that anything with lemon smell is a sativa. I don't know that I know that that's true. I don't know that I, that's true at all. I'm just saying, with a name of lemon, it seems like it should be uplifting and... Uh, well, yeah, and refreshing and that kind of thing. But Right, but there's well, lemon yeah. cushions and there's... Sure there are, yeah, and different... And that's going to be an indica, right? Aren't generally yeah. any cushions indicas? Mostly, yeah. And so, yeah, because the, yeah, cause the sours, sour cushions, the, the flip ball is a sativa. Mm, is there a lemon, is there a sour lemon? There's got to be a sour lemon diesel. I don't know. Probably, though. I try to stay away from the diesels. I'm not real big in the petroleums. I don't like that chemically. And not to say that I don't like ammonia. Because ammonia, some people think they rationalize that as chemically. But sometimes, like, lemon pledge, if it tastes like lemon pledge. I got that off. It, the might, super it might be one of my favorite weeds, right? <laughs> right. No, I like, I like the, the lemon pledge smell. Is there something? Is there something? What smells like lemon pledge to you? What strain? Okay, I don't think it smells like lemon pledge, but I am like in love with Goods Lemon Tree. Mm, I'll go there and buy. Mm. That's how I got the pre-roll. And I, okay, and I'm also guilty for buying pipes there, but um, I, it is not lemon at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> what the lemon tree? Lemon tree. It's like lemon pledge. It's there's a chemical thing in it. And with a name like lemon tree, it should smell like freaking lemons. But you do taste like lemons. But it's like lemon pledge. I didn't, I didn't. It's like Lemon Pledge, and I didn't give it the name Lemon Pledge, but the people I was smoking with was like, man, it's like Lemon Pledge. And I think it was more like a lemon ammonia. <laughs> but that old school ammonia taste, that's not really bad, but it's danky. You know what I'm saying? I like. Mm -hmm. So I like it. It doesn't have to be all lemony. I like the weed. I like the high. I'm all about that good high. That's what uh, starts to separate when you're smoking good weed. I can agree with you that lemon tree is probably top shelf. Yeah. But I would never buy it again. Well, you don't have to, yeah. Exactly, because there's so many other ones. No, yeah, right? Yes. I mean, I go and buy lemon tree because I need tolerance breaks from other weed. And I, well, that's not true. I smoke so many free rolls. Okay, listen, I have a freaking well, I like problem. the $10 Kings. Okay. Do you get the, the $10 Kings, the Frams? We, I do get, I do get the $10. I know, I get different weed all the time. When I go buy lemon tree, I buy half gram joints, 20 bucks for the tube, two half gram joints. But I buy pre-rolls. The Space Monkey we smoked earlier, that was a pre-roll um, out of Green Life Supply, hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then the other offerings I had, the pre-roll offerings, the green crack and stuff, that's for, out of good sense, half gram joints. And, I, you know, we get a good deal on them. If you buy a couple, you can get those for $5 a piece. Nice. Uh, you know what uh, I mean? So it, it's nice. It adds up. <coughs> I need to check out the green crack. Yeah. Oh, I love the I green crack. I hear a crack. lot of the. Let's smoke like that. that next. <clears throat> yeah, let's smoke that next. <laughs> I say it's a good anxiety one. Uh, it's Kim Herning. She said she really likes it. I really like it. It's a nice sativa. Anxiety. It's testing at 19. And I think that, like, for sativas, anything that's under 20 is okay for me. I think if I get up over the 20, then I start getting paranoid. So it's like there's a thing. Like, it is good for my anxiety. But I think if it tested 25, I would stay away from it. Ooh. I like that it's 19%. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? I'm learning. I'm learning. Stay in the teens about that part. <coughs> <coughs> Tell me the name of this again. BB35. BB35. It made oh. me think of Star Wars when you said it. 
but 35 is 35 day. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, and so it's, uh, this is a real, I'm really, let me, I have the, uh, test results actually. There you go. Which is pretty cool. Right. On. He sent it in to get tested. Well, and this is good weed. If this weed was on the market, I would definitely buy it again to share with people I share weed with, but then I probably wouldn't return to buy it. Kind of like, there's, you it's know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. I would definitely, because I love the the smell of it and taste of it. it. Is so It's what I'm looking for in a herb. And that's the deal, is that we're all looking for something different. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who don't understand, and I don't want to do it. That's what I said earlier. I don't want to talk about a particular strain that I talk about all the time, because I sound like a sales rep for that company, and I don't even... And then I'm getting paid. <laughs> I'm not getting paid at all. i got to start. I really like them a whole bunch, but, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, oh, let me put my glasses on. So anyway, but <clears throat> yeah, you have to know what works for you, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Hey, hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R followmortokers.com and now Patreon help support the show financially at patreon.com slash new token here's token